Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Today, we have coming with us someone who works nationally but is located on the East Coast. Uh, Say hello, Laura Nadler. Hello, everyone. Hey, Laura, I'm glad to have you on. I love having marketing people. I love having discussions with marketing people. As you know, I have a marketing background as well. Um, So it's really in my comfort zone. So that's fun (laughs) for me. Um, Tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you got into marketing and how you got into working with dentists. Sure, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I sort of landed in the the dental field specifically, kind of by accident. My education is actually in linguistics, so I have a wild love of language and communication. Um, but I kind of accidentally came into dentistry way back in 1993, and I worked for these adorable little dentists, and that's what I have to call them. They were these sweet little old men, even then, um, and you know. At this point, I don't even know if they're still around. They were great dentists, but no concept of, you know, how do I run my business? How do I market my practice? And back then, dentists really didn't think about that because the idea of advertising was taboo back in the day. Sure. Um, But it's grown. And I spent a lot of years on the sales and marketing side for companies that work with dentists. And the more and more I saw that you could have somebody with a beautiful practice and they were phenomenal clinicians, but you'd go to the website and it would make my eyes bleed because it was just, didn't represent their brand. It didn't say who they were. And it just, it was a niche that I thought these are folks who could be so good at this pointed in the right direction. So that's sort of how I segued into this world. And with a background in sales, I mean, you know, from marketing, sales and marketing have to work hand in hand or nobody wins. Sure. So yeah. that that kind of grew me into the marketing end of it. Yeah, that makes sense. And right, I'm familiar with the story too. And I, I can recall, you know, 10, 12 years ago, doctors telling me that, you know, hey, I don't want to do any marketing. I don't need to do any marketing. It's like you said, tabooed it to, to market. I don't want to be one of those people. And then five, six years later, it's, hey, those people moved into my area and have taken <laughs> my business. And now I need to be those people because I need patience, right? So um, obviously marketing works. So let's kind of jump into the topic of the program today. As you know, we like to talk about challenges and problems that, that dentists and practices are facing. What are some of those challenges that you're seeing out there? What are you hearing and, and what are you talking to uh, doctors about? Sure. Yeah. So I would say one of the things that I've noticed over the years of marketing, because when it first, when Dennis first started marketing, they were willing to say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll take out an ad in my local paper. I'll do all the print things. And obviously right. our world has evolved. And if a patient can't find you online now, they're not going to find you. So right. you started seeing a lot of people. I mean, I felt like every time you went to a convention, any of the dental trade shows, every marketing course was how to Facebook or how to social media. And most of the practices, the people who are doing it in the practices, which let's face it, that's usually an office manager or patient coordinator. It's typically not the dentist themselves who's posting on Instagram. They're familiar with those platforms because they use them in their real lives. I mean, every one of us, you know, is doom scrolling throughout the day, touching whatever social platform on our phone. But whenever I would sit a practice down and say, okay, great. Now what we're going to do is record some videos so people can really see who you are. I want you to have, you know, really quality ones for YouTube and other ones you use on social. And immediately it was deer in the headlights. 
they were like, Laura, you're a mad woman. We, we don't make videos. That's just, that's outside of pretty much every practice's comfort zone. And what I found was in my consulting with practices, the thing that they needed the most help with was getting comfortable in front of a camera and then understanding what do I do with those videos after I create them. But I will tell you, once, once you give them the guidance, they're great at it. So many of these folks who don't think so are naturals in front of the camera. So, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I'm 46 years old. And I remember when I was a kid um, that, you know, it was really, you sounded really funny when you heard your own voice somewhere, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I get how now you sound really funny and then you kind of look funny and everything's really funny. So I can see how it would be awkward and um, it would be hard for anyone to get used to. But so what's the trick? How do you get used to it? How, how does using video and, and being on video become a comfort level and something that you can really use to, to build your practice? Absolutely. And I never thought I would say I'm thankful to COVID for something. Um, but if it did one thing, it taught people to be on camera. We have been zooming our brains out for the past year. And in the past year, I've found that you get a little less resistance when I say, okay, so we're going to do this video because they're used to seeing themselves. But the biggest thing I've found is pre-COVID, pre-I'm comfortable being on Zoom, was shoot those easy ones. Shoot the things that aren't all to camera. And my favorite example, this is the first one I have every practice I work with record, is I say to them, okay, do you do take-home whitening? And of course, the answer is yes. And who in your practice teaches the patient how to load their trays? And it's usually a hygienist or a dental assistant who does that. And I say, great, that's our first guinea pig. Because what I want you to do is camera to that person's face, have them say, okay, now I'm going to show you how to load your take-home whitening trays. And then I want you to drop the camera to their hands because their hands are what's showing me what you're doing. So I can hear their voice teaching me what I'm doing, but they don't feel the pressure of, oh my God, this camera's in my face. Right. And that is a a really quick way to shoot a less than two minute video that makes everybody say, okay, no one died. You know, there were no injuries. We're good. We can do video and ease into it in this way that doesn't make us feel like we're spending an entire 90 to 120 seconds staring at a camera being self-conscious about what we look like. Sure. You know, there's there's so many things out there that is very uncomfortable and awkward when we first start doing them. And over time, it, you know, becomes more, you know, normal and more natural. I'm, I'm guessing the first time that Tom Brady put on a pair of capris, it was very awkward for him. <laughs> but then he got used to them over time. And I'm sure most of our, our male listeners would get used to them, too, if they, they started wearing them. Um, so, and, and I do, and I, and I I say that because I watch some of these really big content producers. I watch like Gary Vee, for instance, or I used to. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at his videos now, compared to his first videos, like his first couple of years of videos that he was making, oh, they yeah. were awkward, right? They were, they were. It took him some time to get used to the flow and get used to being on video before they were no longer awkward. So I think pla- uh, practice certainly makes uh, perfect, like in all things. So... You get over the awkwardness, right? Mm-hmm. You, you start to make that work, and that's great. What do you think that? What are the top five videos that you think every practice should make? So, if you're going to start, what are this one, two, three, and four, and five that you should start with? Absolutely. So, I think that the most important ones are what I call the evergreen videos. These are the ones the practice is going to have around for a very long time. They're going to share them on all their different platforms, and those have to include 
meet the doc or docs if there's multiple, meet the team, some patient testimonials, and a tour of the office. Show me those. And then as a prospective patient, I can get an idea of who you really are. Because you can write about all your degrees in your bio all you want. But if I don't get a sense of, do I like you? Do I think you're cool? Do I think you're the personality fit for me? I might not choose your practice. So what what about number two? So you've got your evergreen videos. Then what type of videos should, should you move into from there? Well, like I said, for the evergreens, it's that whole group of them. After that, I want a lot of the ones that really show who the team is. Show me the real personality because those meet the doc, meet the team. Those very often are professionally produced. Certainly a practice can do them, but they may also have them done by a professional. So they're going to have that certain level of polish that the one-offs won't. The one-offs should be those, hey, look at us, we're at a CE course, or we're honoring our VIP patient this month. Any of those things that make you human. You know, we're, Those are the videos you're using on social media, and so often folks forget the first word there is social. Show me who you are as a human being, and then I'm going to interact with you, and then I'm also going to feel more comfortable coming to your practice because I'll have this sense of, oh, I kind of know you. I, I saw you be goofy at that thing. Sure. So let's talk about, let's, let's kind of shift gears again. Let's talk about what are these videos going to do? So besides what else, what are some other benefits besides people seeing these videos and watching these videos? What are some other benefits to the practice? Well, they do a couple of things. So for example, in the case of some of those more produced ones, the meet the docs and even patient testimonials, they're really just good for credibility. You know, every practice when you, when I first sit down with the practice and I say, okay, what's your goal of marketing? Besides, I want new patients because I know that's everyone's first answer. Sure. So it's then who do you want to be? Are you looking to be a trusted voice in your community? Then these videos are a way to do that. Maybe they're not drawing patients, but they're people who say, well, I want to get a better idea of what a dental implant is about. And I know Dr. Jones does this series of videos, so I want to listen to those. So they're good for credibility in that standpoint. Um, they Obviously, they're a phenomenal marketing tool. We want to put them all over the place. They're also particularly good, though, for SEO. So if you've got video, man, get those all over your website. Every Google Analytics shows us that if you've got video on the homepage, on the landing page, it skyrockets you in search. So having that on your website is only going to help you be found more regularly. Even if they never watch your video, it helped your website get there. That's right. Yep. I agree with you uh, completely on that. So what about no-nos? Any things to avoid any any common mistakes that you see practices make in their video that they should stop doing? Um, the one that is probably my biggest, biggest one is please stop showing me what I call juicy pics. So if you're looking to market, the last thing I want to see is someone's retracted lips and you've got an instrument in there. Because as most people, you know, we're we're all in this dental space, so we don't get freaked out by these things. But your average yeah. patient is going, I don't want to go to the dentist anyway. Don't give me reasons not to go to the dentist. And juicy things immediately are a turnoff. Think about if you're scrolling through your Instagram feed and suddenly you're like, whoa, gums, I don't need that. Um, that's that's my biggest no-no. Please don't give me juicy pics. Uh, you know what? I'm in the industry, have been for quite some time, work with a lot of dentists, understand you know dentist, uh, dental marketing pretty well. And um, I will tell you, I will unfollow sometimes dentists because of the amount of graphic photos that they're seeing. I just don't want to see it. It's just not appealing to me when I'm, what did you call it, your... your scroll doom or doom scrolling, doom scrolling. Or yeah, <laughs> doom scrolling. I, 
I just don't want to see it. And, you know, and I think for some people it's even, you know, let's face it. I mean, 20% of the population has an, ex- has extreme anxiety going to the dentist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's, let's avoid those. I'm with you hundred percent. That's some yeah. really great advice. Um, I want to, uh, encourage our audience to check out your website. It's workingcat.pro.com or I'm sorry, workingcat.pro, correct? Correct. Correct. Thank yeah. you. And can learn more about you. Um, what are some other services real quickly that you help dentists with besides video? Sure. So we kind of, we call our approach from found to five stars. So what that is, is from that very beginning of how are you coming up in Google search? How does your website look? How does your branding look? Are you using social media effectively? Are you actually using it as social marketing? And we teach a practice how to do that. We are not a done for you. I'm going to post generic content. Our whole goal is to teach you to fish so that you know how to do those things long term and we're not a recurring monthly bill. Um, we The few things that we do as done for you are we do branding and logo design. We do f- um, video production, professional video production. We can even do hair and makeup if you want to. Um, and then we take it through the whole process of once that patient shows up for that first appointment, what are you doing to make them stay? So often a practice counts new patient at the first visit, and I disagree with that. The first visit is a blind date. If they come back, they're a patient. So what are we doing to make them come back? Yeah, that's um, great advice and uh, definitely a lot of wisdom there. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Um, Laura, I want to thank you again for coming on and, again, encourage our uh, audience to check out your site, workingcat.pro. Thank you, Laura. appreciate you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Everybody have a fabulous day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.